Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. We have always had the same heart, and that is to reach lost people and to see people grow in Christ. Around here, we just say it like this, we're here to win the lost and to grow the saved. And so every part of our church is about that. It doesn't matter what uh, space it meets in or when it meets. Every single part of our church is about how do we reach people that don't know Christ. There is not a day of my life where I don't think about the people I meet and wonder what they would be like if they knew Christ. Or to see someone, whether they are the most broken person outwardly or whether they're the most successful person, I know that Jesus wants to save them. And so that's why in this church, every single service, we give people an opportunity to say their yes to Christ. And we do that now with the yes text, obviously, and we'll do that again today. And that's great. But, you know, along with that, for many, many years now, God has, I believe, trained us as a church in how to do partnerships to have impact, not only here, but outside of it. There are many partnerships you uh, know about, some you don't know about. Cambodia, for instance, this is the 18th year of our partnership with Transform Cambodia. And that has been one of the greatest joys of my life to see people. Uh, But, you know, that's an 18-year journey. Mark Patterson and Andrea, who's sitting here in the front row and who lead Transform, Mark reminded me only a week or so ago that when we began with Transform, I went, I think, the second trip up. Mark and Andrea had gone the first, and I went six months later with Mark. Uh, But we were told that you can't do anything with street kids that they will never amount to anything. They can't change. Uh, You're wasting your time, really. And now we have a 98% university graduation rate from these kids, street kids, that we were told would never amount to anything. Uh, To have government, yeah, a phenomenal thing. To have government ministers or a government minister stand up when we were there in November this year, uh, last year rather, to have a government minister stand up and say, I am in awe of what I see in front of me, I think is a remarkable thing. We're grateful for that and we're continuing to partner with Transform. India, I don't know if you're aware, but this week another 23 churches will be planted in the north of India out of our partnership with High Point Life in Malaysia. Uh, every one of those 23 church plants, by the way, are going to towns uh, where there is no Christian presence at all. No churches, not even a Christian. Every single one of them have taken a town that God has put on their heart and they are going there. You say, how are they going to do that? I know it's unusual. They'll go and find someone who's friendly to the gospel and they'll go and stay with them and that'll be their church plant. I could tell you more, but I can't tell you in this space. Uh, But there are just, there's now over 70 uh, churches that we are helping support. Some of your destiny offering giving has gone in the last couple of years. We just haven't made a big fanfare about it. Uh, But it's certainly a significant part of our life. Albania started out of a conversation three years ago that I had with Anna and Nathan, and she's right there. Hi, Anna. Uh, we recorded, Pastor Bruce did four last Sunday. I did four two weeks prior to that. Those recordings will be now edited, put together. They'll go out to 3,000 Albanians uh, around the world. 
a country that has been a Muslim country uh, by, by you know, did of its culture and background and history. Uh, and to see the gospel going into that place is a phenomenal thing. And I really want to pay tribute to Anna and to Nathan who have been so faithful in that over three years. It's been absolutely amazing seeing the uh, impact go into lives, people coming to Christ. It's been pretty remarkable. So well done to Anna and Nathan, I think, for uh, your uh, work in that. 2 a.m. on a Monday morning, I think it was. 2 a.m. on a Monday morning every week. And she works full time. And they've got a beautiful daughter as well at school. So um, amazing. Online ministry. Most of you don't know that we uh, started online ministry not in the pandemic, but 20 years ago. We were the first church in the world, in the world, to have an internet church. We called it My Internet Church. We started it 20 years ago. The only thing prior to that was one that was literally cartoons in the UK. And Pastor Bruce and I did, I think between us, about 40 or so press and radio interviews from around Australia because people were so amazed at this idea of an internet church. People from 25 nations, I think, joined it. And then, of course, technology changed really fast. And, but the seed of it's always been there. I've been recording for the last three years a segment every week called So I've Been Thinking. I just never told you we were doing it. We've been stockpiling those and getting them ready for an expansion. I know lots of churches are getting out of online, going, no, we don't think there's value. I think it's one of the best ways to reach people that may not be able to come. Some of you that are online with us this morning that couldn't be here today, but you're here. Uh, we thank God for you. And I thank God for the technology for people like Mitch, who I actually don't know where he is. He's up there somewhere. Uh, Mitch is God's gift really into the life of this church, his amazing talent. Uh, but, you know, I prophesied over Mitch a year ago. I don't even remember where it was, but I prophesied that you've been known for your tech, but you're going to be known for your leadership. And that's beginning to come to pass. His work with young adults, I think, is going to be extraordinary. So I'm uh, pretty excited about that. So online ministry, yeah, uh, we didn't start it last week. We've been going at it for a long time. What about hope? our ministry to the, some of the most broken and needy people there are. Every time I go down there, which is almost every week, I've got to be honest, I'm amazed. The team of people led by Amanda, and lots of you are here this morning. I literally am in awe of the spirit of patience and love you have for people, many of whom it'll be the only place they'll encounter acceptance and love. And I cannot tell you how much I believe God loves that. I believe one of the reasons God has blessed this church in so many ways is because we have loved the poor. Uh, we have reached the people that maybe nobody else wanted and we've reached them with love and with the gospel. Well done to Amanda. Well done to everyone who went before as well. Thank you for that. So there's some things there and some of them you know about, some of them maybe it's news for you. Because maybe you think like online is just like a sideline for us. No, it's not. It's front and centre. We talk about it every week. How do we do this thing better? Uh, the seed for my internet church was that I've got a cousin who's a flying padre or was. 
and was flying to the most remote stations in Australia. And I know this is obviously, I know him, he's my cousin. But I remember him telling me that he only got to go one weekend a year to a station. And they'd try and gather people. And I thought, God, there's got to be some way that we can reach people who don't have the ability to physically go to a church. So how do we take church to them more than once a year? That's where my internet church came from. Out of that, it's not just about people overseas. It's about people like Roberto Sayat, who's on an oil platform somewhere or other as a chef and puts it up on the screen in the, in the prep area and all of his staff, uh, well, at first he said, do you mind if I watch my church? Do you mind if I'm a part of my church? And they go, yeah, or whatever. Uh, now they go and say, will you turn it on, please? Uh, so can I ask you again, can we stand? Uh, these are world, Transform Cambodia is one of the most significant things in the world. When I tell people that there are now three and a half thousand young people in it and that we don't stop as soon as they turn 18 and, and just send them off to get a job, but they're part of who we are going on through university and everything else. You know, a year ago, we started the Stray Mom Scholarship. Uh, this year, another two people will have, be the recipients of that while we still are sponsoring the two that began last year. It's a big deal. Can we just lift up every area of reaching people? None's more important or more significant than another. The homeless person who comes into hope or the person who's just recently arrived in Australia, I meet them and they don't even speak uh, English at all. Many of them are from other religious backgrounds. And they wonder why these Christians do what they do. The Gospel speaks sometimes through preaching, but the Gospel always speaks through action. Father, we pray for Cambodia and we pray for India, for those churches that are starting this week. Lord, we pray for Albania and the 3,000 people that'll get those messages that they will respond to. Lord, for the people, Lord, that are going online that will get reached because somebody will say, do you know you can be a part of this church online? Lord, for hope and the people that get reached through that, we ask Your Holy Spirit, would You continue? God, You can pour Your Spirit out over the airwaves. You can pour Your Spirit out, Lord, whether we're there or not. You're able to meet every need. We thank You for it, Lord. In the mighty Name of Jesus. In the mighty Name of Jesus. We're going to sing together, Move Your Heart. God, we want Your heart to be moved and our heart to be moved by your heart. Come on, let's worship the Lord together. Thank you.
treasure, my great reward. I just wanna move your heart. It's all I wanna do. I just wanna stand in awe and pour my love on you, no matter how much the cost. I free.
God bless you. You can be seated again. Thank you. Twenty-one years ago, uh, this church started Red Frogs Western Australia. Andy Goulet, Boss Frog, as a lot of people know him, phoned up and said, can you send a team down to uh, Dunsborough because there were riots. Some of you may remember back that far. It made the news every year. Uh, these writing students going through trashing the town, all that. And I remember when we went down there, or the team went down, Chantel Lasplace, Chantel Packer then, I uh, was a part of that, and Nathan Ronson was one of the team. Uh, I remember that when they went down there again, they didn't encounter open arms. There was a lot of resistance. People didn't really want Christians coming into a gigantic party uh, and kind of bringing a downer on it. That's what they thought. Uh, but as people continued to go, this church funded it. We paid all the bills for it for years and years and years. And now, of course, Red Frogs is probably the most well-known and most well-loved youth organisation in this whole state. Uh, at every music festival in WA, Red Frogs are there. At most of the major sporting events, Red Frogs are there. Now we run, Red Frogs runs the entire Lever Zone. Uh, that is a massive uh, project all of itself. Uh, but now Red Frogs has grown out of those humble beginnings and in its next stage, Red Frogs has now, just this last year, moved into its own facilities down near Coorong. Uh, that doesn't change our heart towards frogs. Uh, we will continue to be one of the leading churches for Red Frogs here in WA. But six years ago, I was told about the youth suicide rate in the Kimberley. Males aged 15 to 24, I was told that it was eight times the national average. In an area that is remote, the population's small and the figures are quite staggering. And so I asked Hayden Glass, who was the head of Red Frogs then, and Luke Johnson, who's side stage here this morning, I asked them to go up to the Kimberley and uh, like scope it out to see what could be done. They went up there, got an incredibly great reception from the people there saying, we want you to come, but we weren't able to go at that point. I then asked again and Hayden and Alex went up a, a year or two later, back up there. But you know, when Red Frogs came into this next stage of its growth, I began to think that maybe God wanted us to do something more significant in the area of the Kimberley and it began putting it on my heart. I cannot tell you, uh, I, I don't have the time this morning to give you all the detail, but suffice it to say that in my 40 whatever years of Christian leadership, I have never in my life, ever, ever seen uh, an outpouring of God appointments like has been happening over the last four to five months. I put together a team of people, uh, in no particular order, Tendai Mashero, uh, who was in Kununurra for a year with DCP, Bruce Grant, who's lectured in uh, sexual assault counselling and helping people out of that, ran the sexual assault referral team for Red Frogs just last year. Uh, Andrew Fox is here this morning, a businessman in our church who's had a lot of input into uh, Indigenous culture and, and been a, a blessing in so many areas. Lara Drabble, who I think is here, this, yes, yeah, there she is, 
Lara, who we actually asked to come in to be like the scribe to keep notes. We didn't realise that she'd been on the board of a youth Indigenous uh, uh, community arm for 11 years or something or other. Uh, we only found that out afterwards. That was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Professor Stanley Nangala, lots of you know Stanley, uh, one of the leading Indigenous voices in our nation is a part of this church. Casey Mulder uh, is a part of that. Uh, Rhonda and myself. And together we've been meeting uh, almost every month for the last three or four months. And we've set out a 20-year goal, a 20-year plan for seeing the Kimberley transformed. Significant partnerships are taking place. People that I don't know. I met with a businessman this week. I don't know him. Never met him before. And he sits there and tells me about his heart for that whole area, not just for Indigenous people, by the way, but for the entire community. The answer is not just to help Indigenous people. The answer is to help everybody in those communities. And I believe God has given us a plan and a strategy. I sat with Andy Goulet on Friday night or whatever night it was that he was at my home. And he said, what's your strategy? And I wrote it down, a sheet of paper for him, sketched it out and said, this is how this is going to work. And I believe that one of the great graces of God on this church has been our ability to partner with people. I said to this businessman, you know, you need to understand something about us. We don't care who gets the credit. We're not in it for our name and our fame. We're in it, so we're going up as Red Frogs. We will go up in partnership with Red Frogs National. I've been in communication with Red Frogs almost every week uh, with the national head of that, Steve Davies, uh, who was in my youth group 40 years ago. Uh, think about that. And it seems to me like every single week, something quite supernatural happens in that space. It has been one of the most pinch me uh, times of my entire life where people are just saying, can I help you? I've had emails from people that I've just met and said, this is what I think should happen. And they send me an email the next day saying, we are looking forward to partnering with you. And I go, but I haven't got anything yet. But they think we do. And they're excited about it and wanting to partner with us. Uh, people that are leaders in the community there are sending me emails saying, we're excited about you coming. Uh, we haven't been yet. Uh, it's been a pretty kind of amazing kind of a space. So much so that I've put on an information night for everyone that wants to hear some of the detail. I'll be going into the strategy. I'll be going into how that's going to work, uh, what we're going to do, how we're going to fund it. Uh, that'll be a good question to ask. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting, but uh, that's on Thursday night, the 16th. I think that's up there for you. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, the 16th of February at 7.30 p.m. We're planning to have it in the cafe, but if too many of you come, we're having it in here. Uh, I have no idea. You're welcome to invite your friends, by the way. Lots of you will have people that care about things like an eight times the national average suicide rate, where... The level, uh, I'm not going to start going into it because it will get bogged in all the needs. And I thank God for everybody. And I hear lots of them, I met some of them, like this businessman this week, who are doing their best and doing amazing things. And I've, I've wrestled with God and say, God, 
Who, who are we? And, and I feel like God just says, I'm empowering you for it. I'm equipping you for it. I'm going to meet the needs for it. I'm going to give you that land. And so uh, I, I believe we just need to step out and trust God. The other thing that I feel so strongly from the Lord is that we are to go at His pace. So we're not trying to prove anything to anyone. We're not going up there to get government money. We don't even plan to ask for any at this point. We plan to go up there and say, let the church go in as red frogs. Let the church go in. And so we believe that there's an answer for every single place and every single space. Ultimately, the gospel say, Jeff, aren't there churches up there? Yes, they are. There's many of them, but some of them, their world perhaps uh, would not give them the necessary influence. We happen to have a 21-year life of red frogs and a 21 years of favour. I could show you the certificates that are upstairs uh, from different uh, government departments or leaders saying, thank you, Red Frogs has made the difference. So we're going in in partnership with Red Frogs, but it's Metro Church that's taking the lead in every part of this. So uh, after the service this morning, Pastor Bruce will be out in the cafe. There's a table there. You can sign up. Uh, there's one of these cards there. It isn't online right now or in an obvious way, but it will be. Uh, this week. And so if you take the QR code, we just want to cater for you. So let us know if you're coming, how many friends you're bringing. Uh, you can go and see him for that. Or you can contact the office during the week. And uh, it's going to be just uh, pretty exciting, really. Uh, we are going to host two Northern Nights of Prayer this year as well, where I'm going to ask the entire church to come. And so let's pray for the Kimberley. Let's believe that God will make a difference in a place where quite frankly, Tendai, I'll finish with this, Tendai after a year up there, I said to her, and Fungi Moyo was there as well for three months. And I remember Fungi standing there last year in the foyer after she came back. And I said, Fungi, oh, what's it like? She looked at me and she, with tears in her eyes, she said, Pastor, we are failing these people. We're doing everything we're told to do, but it's not making the difference that it needs to make. And again, I'm not criticising anybody. Thank God for all the work and all the support and everything else that's up there. But I believe that it's God's time. That's all I can say. I think it's God's time for the church to go and say, we're going to make a difference in here, in Jesus' name. So thank you for your continued prayer for that. It's a lot. It's not like we aren't busy already. Um, but we aren't dead yet. And last I forget, everyone uses 168 hours a week. I can't think of anything better to use them on than vision, can you? A God-given vision from God. So uh, talk to Andrew later if you want to, Andrew or Lara or Bruce or myself or anybody. And ask Andrew, have there been miracles that have taken place? He rang me this week about something that I, I told, when I told Bruce, I said, you've got to hear this. This is ludicrous uh, that that could have been offered to us. So uh, it's going to be great, all right? Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And some of you, you might go, well, I've never been up there or I don't know much about it. Why don't you come to the information night? Uh, maybe you might find out a way that you can be involved. Is that enough of a tease? Is there food? <laughs> have you ever been to anything we put on that didn't have food? Uh, of course there's food. 
It'll be great. We look forward to being there for it. Father, we thank you for what you intend to do. And Lord, even though I've only just barely sketched out the outline, if that, Father, I believe that you are going to reveal more and organise more and plan more. Lord, you've got every plan already in place. You know who you're going to reach and what you're going to do. And Father, we thank you for trusting us with an opportunity like this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Mark 6, just quickly, Mark 6, verse 35. Uh, these beautiful words that Jesus says to the disciples who are just caring about people, really. They're seeing a need and going, I don't know what to do about it. Verse 35 says that when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and they said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send everyone away. And you've got to understand that so many times when need arises, when powerful need, like the Kimberley, everyone goes, well, I hope somebody else will fix it. Send them away. Surely somebody's got some food out there. Maybe they've got neighbours living nearby they could stop off. Maybe they'll find a, you know, I don't know, a pie van on the way home or something or other. Maybe somebody else will do something about it. Send them into the surrounding country and villages by themselves bread. They've got nothing to eat. But Jesus answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. They said, looking at their resources. Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? They say to Jesus, you see the size of the need and look at what we have. The disciples learned this lesson incredibly powerfully because when Peter and John go up to the temple for prayer and a man says, give me something, Peter says to him, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Peter had learned that you always have more resource than what it appears. That the resources of God that are available to you are more powerful and more important than any earthly resource you might be able to put your hand to. I don't think that meant Peter was broke. I think Peter was saying, I haven't got anything on me. I haven't got any money right now. But whichever way it goes, he said, but what I do have, I'm going to give you. And these disciples turned to Jesus and they're pointing out to Jesus the sides of the need. I could spend the next half hour telling you statistics about the Kimberley, statistics about brokenness, statistics about fecal, sorry, fetal alcohol disorder syndrome and the effects of that now in its second generation. I could talk to you about some of that stuff. I have spent months now and even years going back to those six years ago when Luke and Hayden went up there. And I can tell you some of what's been happening up there and the size of the need. But when the disciples point out to Jesus how big the need is and how paltry their resources are, Jesus says this to them. He said, how many loaves do you have? What do you have? Their focus is the need. His focus is the seed. Now think about this for a minute because the disciples have said we haven't got anything but Jesus knows that God always provides a seed. God always makes sure there's a seed. You know that verse in 2 Corinthians where it says that God gives seed to sowers and bread to eaters? 
If you are a sower, if you've got the spirit of generosity in your life, if you're the kind of person who says, yes, God, I'll be a part of the answer. He says, you're the kind of person I will give seed to. God always makes sure that there's a seed. And so they scour through the crowd and they come back and they say to him, we've got five loaves and two fish. Another gospel says, but really, what on earth good could that do? And Jesus at that point does something profound and supernatural. He takes the five loaves and the two fish and he lifts up his eyes to heaven and he gives thanks for it. And he says to the disciples, now he broke it and says, now go and feed the crowd. And I would, if it had been me, I would have sent Thomas out first because he was the doubter. And I would have made him lead the disciples out. And they go out with these baskets and people are taking it. And you know what crowds are like? People take more than you want them to take. Put out a feed and, and it's like seagulls on hot chips. People are all over it. And uh, we've always learned in this church to over-cater for everything. People just, they, and that's why we put it there, that's fine. But I imagine that some of the disciples might have been going one per family, Janelle. Just stop there, just, hello, that's enough for you, put some back. And yet, these disciples go out and begin to feed the crowd and an entire crowd of 5,000 men beside women and children have more than enough, so much so that they bring back 12 baskets full of food afterwards. Why 12? Because there's 12 disciples and every one of them gets to carry back more than what he took out. And I don't know what they did with it, whether they took it home and said to their spouses, those that had them, because Peter certainly did, whether they took it home to their spouse and said, you'll never guess what happened today. I started with five loaves. I started with two fish. And this is what I'm bringing home for you. And there's another 11 baskets just like that. And by the way, we fed 5,000. See, when people say to me, well, Jeff, what could you possibly do? Well, I remember 21 years ago when nobody wanted us in Dunsborough. Literally, we were told, we don't want you here. We don't want you here. Don't come here. 21 years later, they send us certificates thanking us for what we do. I remember when they said 18 years ago, you can't do anything with street children. And now I go to graduations that transform of people that are not just graduated to go to university, they've graduated from university. When Albania started, it was Nathan and Anna and I in that cafe over at a leader's dinner, over a plate of food. And I said, have you ever thought about reaching Albanians? She goes, well, maybe I could. And now 3,000 people are going to get teaching. And by the way, I've been online with these people on, on Zoom meetings and literally sat there with people, Anna will bear this out, with tears running down their faces saying, we cannot believe what you're teaching us. Things that are maybe to many of you would you think they're simple, but for these people, they are life-changing. They are like oases in the desert for them. So I remember when it started out as five loaves and two fish. So don't despise the small thing. Don't look at the little you have and say that couldn't do much. Who knows what God will do if you and I will bring it and if we'll let Him bless it, it can become a miracle. The seed given to God is always enough. The seed on its own, that's never enough. We are, as a church, 
always looking into places and spaces. I sit with Tisa. She's here this morning. She tells me the budget. I say to Tisa, your number one job, Tisa, is not to make the figures balance or anything else. Your number one job is to believe. I tell her that. She'll tell you that's the truth. I say, Tisa, your job is to believe God. Bring your accountancy brain and make everything and tell me all the facts I need to know. But then we're also going to say, God, what can you do? Amen. Their focus is the need. God's focus is the seed. I hope that today, I, I never set out to make this everyone swinging from the chandeliers and everything new. I wanted to give you a bit of a glimpse. This is what's happened. This is where we are in so many areas. But then also I wanted you to hear some of the things that I believe God is opening up for us. And you say to me, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to trust God that He will supernaturally bring the kind of change that people need. You go, well, how's that? Going? Well, there's more to it. I'm Come to the information night. Thursday, 16th, 7.30, right in the cafe. Or if there's too many people in here. All I know is this. I know that God is a great God. I know that Jesus loves the whole world. Doesn't just love the people that look like a certain group or that have got their life together, no matter how broken you are, Jesus loves you. No matter how far from God you are, Jesus loves you. No matter how many sins you've committed, Jesus loves you. No matter how messed up your life looks, Jesus loves you. But no matter how successful you are, Jesus loves you. No matter how many achievements you've got, Jesus loves you. What I know is this, is the heart of God still is being poured out on the earth for people that are wanting to know Christ. People that want to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you go, Jeff, you talked about India. Well, that's great for you know, those people. They need God. The Cambodians, oh, they're so poor. They need God. Oh, the Kimberley is so broken. They need God. I go, no, everybody needs God. No matter who you are. Maybe you're, maybe you're the star of your field. Maybe everybody thinks you're amazing. But you know that on the inside, there's something missing. You know that there's a hole in there that never seems to get filled but for a moment and then the emptiness comes back. And I believe that that hole is meant to be filled by Jesus. He's the only one who satisfies. I want to pray with people here, either in the building or online. You say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. Bow your head with me a minute. Jeff, I don't know Jesus. Jeff, I want Jesus to come into my life. I need that hole permanently filled. I need a joy that doesn't disappear when the hangover comes. I need a peace that isn't just there when I'm on holidays. I need something internally. I need more than a philosophy. I need more than a theory. I need more than a, a, a guru or some kind of a spiritual moment. I need somebody who will lead me out of this. If that's you this morning, I want to pray with you. I'm going to say a prayer that I trust you will make yours by saying these words to Jesus. If you would allow me the privilege of leading you in it, you could make this prayer yours. Lord Jesus, I open my life to you. I'm asking you to come in. I want your forgiveness. I need your cleansing. Lord, there's junk inside of my life. There's things from the past. There's pain and there's hurt. There's brokenness. God, I need you to come and 
clean that out and then fill me, Lord. Come and live in my life. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you today. Thank you, Lord. If you've made that prayer yours today, then I want to encourage you to continue on a journey with Christ. You know, I've met some famous people in my life. I can tell you some names of name dropping. I have met some internationally known people, but I don't have any relationship with them. There's no ongoing relationship. They don't ring me up. They don't talk to me. They don't tell me what's happening in their world. I don't get to tell them what's happening in mine. I met them, but I never had a relationship with them. That's why in this church we have this thing called Yes Text. Because we want you not just to have a moment, we want you to continue. That's why if you say yes to that number, 0488-826-392, or go to yes.metrochurch.org.au, give us your yes, then the very next day we'll send you, fits on one screen of the smartphone, a Bible verse and a prayer, different every day. We'll send you that for 30 days. It's all free. We won't spam you. We won't send you anything else. We just want to bless you. We want to help you begin a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you for everyone that's going to say yes today. That's already said it in their heart. I thank you for the yes text that'll come in. Thank you for this online ministry and the way people are able to access just so many wonderful and great things. Access life that'll help them grow. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Well, I just realised I had completely forgot in my zeal for the altar call. I see Professor Stanley down there. Sorry, brother, I didn't realise you were here. I would have mentioned you there. Uh, Andrew, can I just get some of these people just to stand up? So if any of you got any questions about where we're going, um, they won't tell you anything um, before I get to reveal it. There you go. Stanley there, Lara there. Uh, there's few others around the place. I'm not sure where everybody is right now, but anyhow. So, it's our 35th birthday. <laughs> Pastor Rhonda is going to cut the cake. Thank you. Yeah, what a privilege it is, not just to be here today, but to have journeyed with so many of you for a very long time and um, we appreciate all your support and your faithfulness and your love for the house of God and uh, happy birthday Metro Thank you, Rhonda.